Well, we are going to be in a lot of Scripture today, so I'm going to try to get going here as soon as I can. So you might want to park yourself in Romans 8, because we're going to be there quite a few times. Um, and also the Second Timothy 3, we're going to be in there as well. Um, but I've, I've entitled my sermon here this morning, Power, and, Power Love, and Gumption, uh, based out of Second Timothy 1, which, are, which we're going to de- get to here in a bit. Um, but, uh, well, yeah, just kind of park yourself in Romans and maybe shove a paper in, in 2 Timothy 3. Um, but, uh, so, I, I didn't prepare anything beyond this Sunday because I wanted to kind of wait and see what was going to happen. So, um, so just kind of to get you in, into my mind frame, into my mindset. So every seven years or so, is a, it's what's called a biblical Sabbath year. And every seven times seven, so every 49 years, it's what's called a Shemitah year, which is a great Sabbath. This is the, the year of true, of, of Trubilee, Jubilee, where all slaves are supposed to be set free, where all, uh, debts are supposed to be forgiven, where all land, if you sold land, like from your family lineage to, to live, you had to, you know, buy money, you have money to pay for food, then all that land was supposed to be given back to you from who you sold it to. And so everything it was supposed to be this year of jubilee, this year of flourishing and, and shalom. Well, Israel didn't do any of those at all, ever. And so that's why at the end of their time in Israel, they were actually sent into exile for 70 years. The amount of Shemitah years and Sabbath years that they never celebrated. Over the generations that they had served. So, that God judges the nation at the end of, at the, on the last year, the last day, typically, of the last year of that Shemitah year, or that last day of that Sabbath year. Just a little, a little bit of hint. 2001, September 11th, was the last day of the Sabbath year. The stock market crash of 2008 was on the last day of the Sabbath year. And here we are today, sitting on the last day, today, of the Sabbath year, but not only the Sabbath year, but the Shemitah year as well. And so I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. But I'm like, I'm going to wait and I'm going to prepare a sermon for that if something happens in our lives or today, because tomorrow is Rosh Hashanah, the, the Jewish New Year. And so I was like, I'm going to let God do what he wants to do. Whether anything happens or not, I'm just going to prepare a sermon that's going to be super encouraging to all of our hearts whether the stuff hits the fan or not. <laughs> all right? If it does, it'll be a more, even more powerful sermon. But if it doesn't, it'll be an encouraging sermon in, in, anyway for our lives and our faith. But so, this, so in our lives, we live increasingly every single day with worries, don't we? Worries of this and worries of that. Financial crisis. You know, miracles of finding a house. Right? Because the housing market is terrible. I mean, yeah, I mean, you can just see it all across this world. I mean, all across Bozeman. All the streets that are lined with campers because they can't find a house. The, the campers out here by the railroad tracks of all the railroad workers, I think you're just going to be here for a while. That's what those are. We've, we drove by the other day. It's railroad, railroad workers. Because uh, Belgrade doesn't allow camping. So, <laughs> we found that out a few times. But, uh, but I mean, like all these different worries and difficulties and struggles, you know, the like Hurricane uh, Ian, I think is it, it is coming uh, coming to Florida, and Florida, you know, DeSantis already proclaimed a, a you know, declared emergency, and so to get more funding to prepare for Hurricane Ian, I think it is coming. Uh, hurricanes all over the world. I mean, Mexico, 
what on the 19th of September they had like a massive like 6.8 earthquake. But I didn't realize this until I read an article that that they had earthquakes like powerful earthquakes like back in like 2012 and like 15 on September 19th, like 7.1, 7.5s on the same day. I mean, there's I mean, it seems like you know Haiti had hurricanes, like Puerto Rico is still without power and suffering. People are dying all across the world. The the, the world's largest uh, volcano on in Hawaii, the Mau. Ma, Mauna Loa, 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 <laughs> Mauna Loa. There are seventy. I'm sorry, sixty-eight earthquakes in twenty-four hours. They've had over seven hundred this year on the volcano. Little ones, but bunches of them. <laughs> Hurricanes and natural disasters and famines and fires, floods, all sorts of stuff, wars. I mean, you have Putin talking about dropping nukes, you know. <laughs> you have the White House constantly backstepping, you know, Biden's this on that on on the China and Taiwan conflict going on right now. Pa- the border between Pakistan and Iran is a hot spot. Israel and Iran, Iran wants to wipe Israel off the face of the earth, and they're doing, they're getting geared up to. North Korea just fired a hypersonic missile toward Japan into the into the Eastern Ocean, Eastern Sea. Famines, food supply shortages, supply lines and farms shutting down, culling their entire herds. People being, you know, the you know, government paying farmers to burn their crops. By the millions. America. You tell me. <laughs> Imports on fertilizer in, 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 for the industrial farming, most of our supplies come from, you guessed it, Russia, and we can't get any of them right now. So there's like all these farmers that are like, how are we going to do this? How are we going to make food? That's like one of the biggest reasons why food supply shortages are going to be so great this year. Inflation, 40-year high. Stock market at its lowest since the 2008 crash and going lower. The 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 the, the, the you know, thing leading up to the 2008 crash is we're following it exactly the same exact pattern. There's there are bubble you know, economic bubbles like, popping here and there. You know gasoline. You know it kind of made me chuckle economically speaking. Uh, basically, you know the prices of gasoline have been dropping, right? Right? Because he. Because because the government has sold, has has dipped into our emergency reserves, right? That's basically saying, oh, my economic plan for my finances is to live off of my life savings. <laughs> I'm gonna have a massive influx, you know, from my drain my life savings because I've already maxed out all of my credit cards, right. right? And so there's all the the Fed printing trillions of dollars, billions and trillions of dollars, flooding the markets, the Fed raising the rate, right? Okay, haven't made my point. We're living in a crazy, hectic, worrisome, stressful, anxious, anxious building world. Have you made my point? <laughs> Good. I'm so glad I made you so anxious. But that's not all. <laughs> but wait, there's more. The World Economic Forum freaking everyone out with talking about you'll own nothing and be happy. And and they and they the the bank for the World Economic Forum is BlackRock that is be- buying up re- private real estate and massive real estate all across the United States and farmland 
They're the world's largest um, asset firm. They own more than most of the world's GDPs combined. I'm absolutely serious. Trillions and trillions of dollars of assets. And they're the bankroller for the World Economic Forum. Event 201 that, that simulated a, a plague, a, a pandemic, October 2019, months before the actual pandemic. Cyber Polygon talking about a worldwide cyber virus attack that will take down power grids and infrastructure and everything across the country. Event 201, Agenda 2030. All these things that are on their website that you can read. This isn't conspiracy theory. There are so many things going on and threats and rumors of this and rumors of that. I'm like freaking out. There's so much to freak out about. Deagle.com estimating that by 2025 that America will see a 70% drop in population. And they've been dead on for the last however long their website has existed. Like super secret, like CIA, DOD, like stuff. So like there's so many opportunities to freak out. There are so many opportunities. If you want to, you can freak yourself out. You can live in a constant state of anxiety. It is so easy. It is so easy to. What am I, yeah, what, what are my two favorite words in this, in all scripture? But God! But God! For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound judgment. Power, love, and sound judgment. We can live according to the ways of the flesh. The news articles, the, the CNN, Smart News, Epic Times, Atlas News, whatever website or thing you listen to, you know, all these, you can tap into any of them and just live in the doom and gloom all day, every day. Tap into Facebook and just see the comment. Go to the comment sections. <laughs> if you want to really get, get into human depravity. But, So then, brothers and sisters, we are not obligated to the flesh to live according to the flesh. That word sarx in the, in the, in the Greek is the, this world is the flesh, the, 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 this earthly realm, this, the way we can physically, tangibly see in the world around us, the world structures. Because if you live according to the sarx, the flesh, you're gonna die. That sounds optimistic. (laughs) But, if by the Spirit you put to death, you put away the deeds of the body, of what you know, of being drawn to that, you will live. For all those led by God's Spirit are God's sons and daughters. That's the word means sons and daughters. Here it is again. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. So two ways that we can look at not living in fear, not being a slave to fear. We almost sung the song, I'm no longer a slave to fear. (laughs) I'm a child of God, right? I am a child of God. I'm crying out, Daddy. That's what Abba means, Daddy. 
It's a colloquialism. It's a, it's a familiar term for a child speaking to their daddy. Dad. Father. And also, not just intimacy, but also power, love, and a sound mind, which we'll get to here in a minute. The secret to a life lived fully alive. We talk about that a lot, right? Our, our mandate as a church is to shift everyday relationships into authentic community, to live God's adventure together. What? Fully alive. So the secret to that life lived fully alive is to walk by the spirit of power, love, and gumption. I love that word. I love that word. Gumption. Gumption. Power, love, and gumption. Actually, stems from a, a quote that I saw on the internet the other day. The secret to a li- the secret to life is to walk with gratitude and intentional delight. Intentionality. That's really what that word gumption means. Is intentionality, intentional delight. We live in this world. Remember, I mean, remember that the, the first two two scripture passages: love, power, power, love, and gumption, and also a spirit of adoption, a spirit of family. So this, the secret to living life is to remember and know, remember whose we are first and foremost. We belong to God. We were bought with a price. We are loved by our Father. We belong to Him. We are, who, remember whose we are. The second thing is to remember who we are. Remember, sons and daughters of God. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the President over all presidents, the Prime Minister over all Prime Ministers, the the Commander in Chief above Commanders and Chiefs in the world, the Creator. We belong to Him. That is who we are. And also remember where we are. The Belgrade. Yeah. <laughs> We, as Romans says, Romans 2, I'm sorry, Ephesians 2 says, we are seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. That is where we truly in our spirit are right now today. If you belong to Jesus Christ, if you are a child of the living God, if you are a lover and a believer and a faithful follower of Jesus Christ, you are seated with Christ in His kingdom now, today. We can be sitting with people at a restaurant and though we're proximally, physically in the same location, spiritually we're in two dramatically different places. One's dead, one's alive. Because we know these things, we can walk with the Spirit of the living God with gratitude. Thanksgiving. And intentional delight. Being joyful on purpose. Not because of situations or or circumstances. Life might suck. Life might be be stirring all this anxiety and fear and and anger and frustration. Or just tired. I don't want to do anything. I just want to be apathetic. Just go home and just sit and do nothing. Fight, flight, or freeze. Right? But it's that choosing to be joyful. 
choose joy. And we can walk in the way of God through His Holy Spirit of power, love, and gumption. So let's look at those, those, those words here this morning. Power. The word dunamis. A lot of people, you know, some people I've you know, talk, talked about last week, this is where we get our word dynamite. Is dynamis as well. He's a way to pronounce it. So dynamis, dunamis, dynamite power, right? So this dynamite power means powerful deeds or marvelous works. That's what this word dino, dynamis means. Is power as in what's being played out, what's being accomplished, what's being done. This word alone is used more than tw- uh, 120 times in the New Testament. That's a lot of times. A lot of, dy- a lot of dynamite power there. Love. This is the word agape, which if you've been a shift church for any amount of time, you'll remember that this word agape isn't just simply like unconditional love. It's not just unconditional. The reason it's unconditional is because it's associated to the Hebrew word chesed, which means steadfast faithfulness, steadfast devotion. It's God's decision. It's, it's, you know, if you agape someone else, it's you love that person no matter if they've done anything to even deserve your love. That's why God said that we can, we can, we can agape anyone. We can agape our, our friends and our family, our spouses, our children, and we can agape our enemies. We can be steadfastly devoted to their good. Though they choose and want evil for us, this is where persecutions happen, we can still love and bless them. This is where you get Christians praying over, like Stephen, praying over his persecutors as they're stoning him to death, saying, Father, forgive them, because he's loving them. He's desiring their good. And what is their good? For them to repent and turn to the living God. So if people are against you, we can still love them. Not feel nice and gushy and all that, la, 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 warm and fuzzy about them. No. We can still be steadfastly devoted to their shalom. To what they truly need. And that's Jesus. That They need Jesus. This whole world needs Jesus. They need the hope of glory. Steadfast, faithful, Devotion and gumption. Sophronomno that. Sophronosmos. Sophronos. Yeah. Try you y'all try to say that word. So this word is a really fun word. This is why I love this word. So it's translated in a lot of your in your Bibles as like sound judgment, sound mind, you know, soundness, self self control. So properly safe minded is what it means. Like issuing a prudent or sensible uh, behavior that fits a situation. Uh, aptly acting out God's will by doing what He calls sound reasoning and admonishing or calling to soundness of mind to moderation and self-control. So it's like this taking your mind and controlling it, you know, filtering things out, setting it on the right path, and then going for it and acting, and acting upon it. So I love the word gumption, right? You have rightness in your mind because we are the righteousness of God, right? He who knew no sin became sin so that in him we would become the righteousness of God. We are the righteousness of God and we have a righteous thing. We have the mind of Christ, as Scripture says, and then we put that in action. 
we do it, we live it out in the right way. So it starts with rightness here, which goes to rightness there. So that's why the, you know, the sound mind or self-control or gumption. I love the word gumption. And, and so there's a lot of people in this world that are going to try to tell you what to do and, and what is right and what to do. Right? We see all over the place, you know, social media influencers. Social media hack. You know, there's all these like great, great life hacks for this and life hacks for that. Right? Like, like, uh, using, um, uh, like, uh, you know, with the, what's called the dust, dustpan. There it is. <laughs> dustpan. And like, if you want you to fill up, fill up a bucket on the floor, you use a dustpan, shove that under your faucet, and it goes down the handle and through the hole into your bucket. Brilliant, right? I know, right? It totally works. If you have the right kind of dustpan handle. Anyway, but <laughs> if you don't have the right dustpan, it'll fail miserably. <laughs> like all these just different life hacks and this and life hacks that. But not just life hacks in like, you know, everyday little things like using a paperclip for that or, or, going, or going through way too much work to accomplish something that's a life hack. <clears throat> but life hacks, like how do I live my life? Daily advice for living. Lots of self-help, new age. Take care of yourself, self-love. Lots of self-help, self-love. Do you know that the number one selling books at bookstores right now is self-help books? Everyone is in need and everyone is, is obsessed with self. Looking for direction, looking for inspiration. Now, there are some good influencers out there. I follow you know, several influencers on Instagram that are fun, like this one about you know, dads and this one about you know, you know, the work of, mascul- of godly masculinity um, and how to be a good father, good be a good husband, uh, different, you know, different things that he's been processing through, different scripture passages, like learning and walking through different things. But you know, like, I have all these people who want to influence us, influence our mind. Influence our actions. They have a certain lens and a certain perspective of what life should be like. And everyone in this world should live that way. <clears throat> so as we're looking at, at interpreting okay, how and what do I allow in to my mind? What is good? What is right? What is true? What is the what? The way, truth, and the life. Christ is that, as we know. And so as we live in, live in our world, trying to navigate, what does that look like for us to live in, in that space of allowing God to show us what is the way? What is your truth? And what is the life that you want me to live? What is the, the gumption that you want me to live by? Because as we navigate in this world, Another question too is like not just how do we you know protect ourselves from the world, but do we as the church have anything valuable or beneficial to offer the people of this world, offer creation? It's not just this isolationist. We're going to abandon the world and abandon the culture. We're going to run away and then you know build our little communes. I would really love to build a commune, <laughs> just mainly for the food, <laughs> honestly. You know, fresh food and fresh produce and fresh, you know, 
<laughs> and the fellowship. But, um, but do we have things to offer this world that are beneficial to the world and, and to God's creation? Are we supposed to abandon the world? No. What do you say? I'm not taking you out of this world, but I, you know, but he's praying to the Lord, to the Father, that he would send us in the, that we would, he would be, he would protect us in the world. Right? We have, we're in to be in the world, but not of it, but not abandon it. To engage with the world. Do we have anything worthy of influencing others with? Absolutely. Can I just say this one little fun fact? The world is going to say that the world doesn't need the church. The world is going to say, there's no hope. In the same sentence. We don't need the church and there is no hope. But, can I just say this? The church, we are the hope of the world. What God is doing in the church, in His kingdom, by the way, the church that the gates of hell will not prevail against, we are the hope of this world. We are the only way, our God is the only God that has true hope in this world, true peace in this world, true love in this world. And that's a gift to give to creation to invite them into that love and peace and hope that we have found, that we know intimately. So here we go. Romans 8. Let's read it. We're going to be 18 through uh, the end, the last part of the chapter here. And listen to these words. This is Paul preaching to us a beautiful sermon. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed to us. For the creation eagerly waits with anticipation for God's sons and daughters to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in the hope that the creation itself will also be set free from the bondage to decay into the glorious freedom of God's Children, that's us. That is the world's hope, is us. The appearing of us. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together with labor pains until now. Not only that, but we ourselves who have the Spirit as the first fruits, we also groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. Now in this, we hope. In this hope, we are saved. But hope that is seen is not hope. Because who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with patience. In the same way, also, uh, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses because we do not know what to pray for as we should. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with inexpressible groanings. For he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to His purpose. For those He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, so that we that He would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those He predestined, He also called. And those He called, He also justified. And those He justified, He also glorified. 
What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He did not even spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all. How will He not also with Him grant us everything? Who can bring an accusation against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ is the one who died. But even more has been raised. He also is at the right hand of God and intercedes for us. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Can affliction or disease? Or persecution? Or what? Famine? Or nakedness, as they say in the South? Or danger? Or sword? As it is written, because of you, we are being put to death all day long. We are counted as sheep to be slaughtered. No! In all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor death, nor any other created thing will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Can I get an amen? Man! Nothing can separate us from the love of God. We are the hope of this creation. Christ in us. The hope of Glory. And there's more good news. Things will go from bad to worse. You're welcome. Things will go from bad to worse. This is where living and remembering whose we are, who we are, where we are, seen in the heavenly places. We are filled with the spirit of power, love, and gumption comes into play. I love that how the, uh, it was said recently, how do we live in this, this world? As respect, you know, causing, causing or creating a respectful ruckus. A respectful ruckus. So standing up against evil by doing good. Loving our neighbors. But here's the thing. We have to do something. We can't just stand idly by. In this world where it feels like, well, who am I? I don't don't matter. No one listens to me. No one cares what I think. I have no control about what goes on in Washington, much less Belgrade. Or Belgrade, much less Washington. Other way around. Semantics is important. You know, like, how do I have a voice in, in my local Senate? How do I have a voice in my local city government? How do I have a voice, gosh, even in my family sometimes? How do we navigate and live in a place to stand up against evil by doing good. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the great theologian who died um, during World War II, said this, Silence in the face of evil is itself evil. God will not hold us guiltless. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. So what do we do? 
How do we engage? Let's look at this. Second Timothy chapter three. One through five, and then we're going to skip to ten through four four five. Actually, I thought I'd change that. Anyway. But know this hard times will come in the last days. For people will be lovers of self. Hmm. Lovers of money. Hmm. Boastful, proud, demeaning, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, without love for what is good, traitors, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to the form of godliness but denying its power. Avoid these people. Skip to 10. But you have followed my teaching, conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, and endurance, along with the persecutions and suffering that came to me at Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, what persecutions I endured, and yet the Lord rescued me from them all. In fact, all who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Evil people will be, will, and, and impostors will become worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed. You know those who taught you, and you know that those, know those, know that from infancy you have known the, the sacred scriptures, which are able to save, give you wisdom for salvation through faith. In Christ Jesus. So the good news is, things will go from bad to worse. But, God. But, take heart because, God, because, what does it say? We are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. Knowing that these things are coming, knowing that we're going to live in a world that's going to get, go from bad to worse, knowing that deceivers are going to keep deceiving and deceiving themselves and being deceived, knowing all these things, what knowing is what half the battle, as they say. So how do we know what to do? How do we know how to act? How do we know what to speak? Philippians. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellence, and if there is anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. Do what you have learned and received and heard from me and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. Gumption. I almost use the word focus because it's even kind of a connotation of that. Focusing your heart, focusing your mind, focusing your body, soul, and spirit on whatever it is, fill in the blank. True, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, moral excellence, praiseworthy. Focus your mind, your heart on these things. God is drawing us out of difficulties. These are the the difficult circumstances. God is drawing us out of sin, out of what we call stinking thinking. Ways of the world, the ways from our past, the ways of influence around us, the ways that the unseen realm trying to influence 
us in the negative direction to abandon our God. He's calling us out of anxieties and depression, out of afflictions. These are the the effects of other people's poor decisions. He's drawing us out of persecutions, out of sufferings. These are the th- those are the things that are like societal things that are outside of our control that we feel like we can't have a control on, and they freak us out. But he's drawing us out of that. How do we dwell or focus our body, soul, and spirit on these things? Easy. Prayer. Prayer is, anyone remember? Focus. Prayer is focus. Gumption, sound mind, sound judgment, intentionality, purpose. So, how do we pray? Well, here we go. How to pray with power, love, and gumption. Um, and I'm going to also put these up, up online too on the Facebook if you guys want, don't want to have to write all these things down. So this is kind of just a practical. I just want to end, just end with something really practical. I'm going to end with this. Um, just a way. So there, there is there's informal prayer, which is like, you know, when you're in your car on the way to work or when you're in the midst of doing something you know, on the job, you've got a lot of time. Maybe you work with your hands and there's not a lot going on. You can be praying with the Lord and... But I'm talking about the prayer that you stop what you're doing, you clear the deck, you turn your phone off, you retreat in body, mind, and heart. You could be in your own home. It could be like in your clear the area, silence your phone. Think about the setting. Do you have a, a you know a closet or your or as you know the movie calls it the war room? Yeah. You have a war room. Um, in, in, are you in your house? Do you are you in the mountains? Are you listening to music? Are you not listening to music? Are you what are you doing? Like, what, set, focus on the setting itself, and then supplies. So that I'm just here's just a few uh, you know um, things to to think about. So always you know having the Bible is fantastic because this is the way that God wants to speak to us uh, through our spirit as well. Also having a journal to be able to write out different things that maybe God is telling you, or maybe putting putting certain people on your heart and wants to write a, you want to write your prayers. Men, women doesn't matter, and also a writing pad. This is helpful. For those, oh yeah, I need to pick up milk. <laughs> Do the mind dump onto the pad of paper over here on the side, a little or a little notebook, right? So your little to do to do list over here, so that you can get it out of your mind, stop focusing on it, and then get back to the Lord, right? Um, listen. So maybe you start your time. So you get all that. You got your setting. You're you got your, you're there. Just sit. Don't even have to say anything to start. Just let the silence wash over you. And even just, you know, maybe even say, good morning, Holy Spirit. Or good evening, Holy Spirit, whenever you, whenever you pray. Sit in silence. What's that? Doesn't even have to be sitting. It could be walking. Yeah. Yeah. Sit in silence or, or walk in silence. Greet the Lord and then worship Him. Praise the Lord. Thank the Lord. Give Him worship and praise and thanks, thanksgiving. And then seek. Ask God. Seek, the, seek God's heart for you and, God, and seek God's heart for others. Because we need a place. We need to figure out a place to catch our balance before, during, and after we get knocked over. Not just after, but even before. Prepare, preparation, seeking the Lord, seeking His heart. And then continue in, in petition. 
So this is the prayer list. You know, when the, when you say the I'll pray for you, pray for that. Pray for that. Right? I found first and foremost that it's really helpful when someone asks you to pray for them. Stop what you're doing and pray right there. Like, don't wait. And he's like, I'll pray for you. <laughs> right? And also, don't be like, oh, we need to pray for Eric. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yes, please do. But it's not. We don't use prayer as a way to basically spread gossip. We've been. We've all been in those prayer meetings, have we not been? Oh, we need to pray for that backslidden little, per, you know, fill in the blank, little Jezebel. <laughs> We need to pray for Eric, man. I'll tell you what, he's just... Yeah, he's, got a bad path. <laughs> he's on a bad path. Or, you know, or like the, or I'll pray about that. Like a situation that you tell someone you'll pray about, put it on the list. Put it on the list to pray for and do it. Pray for people. Pray for situations. And then listen. Hear from God about your petitions. Maybe God's going to be like, no. Like, wait, what? <laughs> Ask the Lord to show you his heart for what you're praying for. As you're praying for the person, maybe he God is showing you his heart for that person. Showing you his heart for that Jezebel. <laughs> or, I'm kidding, that's a totally... Like, yeah. You know, God will show you the heart for Eric. And the way that you can love that person. Ask for God's heart for that. And listen, hear from God. And just spend time encountering God. Let God do what He wants to do. Don't have like this, like necessarily, these are all just kind of like ideas and different things to add to it and the ways that you can engage with God. But this is not a prescription. This is just, you know, these are some ideas. Just let God do what He wants to do. If He wants to lay you out on the floor in tears, let Him. If He wants to get you up on your feet and is like, woo! Like doing the whole Rocky thing, let Him. If he wants to just bring a contemplative silence and peace and quiet, let him. Let the Lord do what he wants to do. Stop trying to control your quiet times with God. And all these things, as we're learning to pray, as we're seeking the heart of God, He's encouraging us and encountering with us. To the whole, his whole desire for us is that no matter what has happened in the past, to press forward. No matter what lies ahead, we don't know. It, stuff could still hit the fan this afternoon. We have no idea. Russia could nuke Ukraine for all we know. I don't know. But no matter what lies ahead, endure. No matter what you're going through, keep going. Keep going. No matter the circumstances, God sees. God is there. God cares. And God will work for good. Be the firm foundation that this world that's built on sinking sand needs when the earth quakes and shakes. And when the waters rise. Because we are the hope of the world. Because he has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and gumption.
Lord Jesus, we thank You for Your Spirit. We thank You for Your presence. Lord, we thank You for our salvation in Jesus Christ. We thank You that You loved us and sent Your Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross and to raise from the dead so that we would be raised with You, that our sins would all be forgiven and cleansed from all unrighteousness to become the holiness and righteousness of God, that You would make us holy, Lord, and love us and lavish us with Your Holy Spirit, pouring out Your Spirit on us, Your Spirit of power, and love and self-control, sound mind, gumption, focus, intentionality, purpose. Because you desire for us to live a kingdom life today. You desire our good. And so Lord, I pray that you would make us ever cognizant, ever aware of your presence with us every single day, in and out, every single day. Lord, that you would lead us and guide us, guide us. But God, most importantly, God, that you would come and be with us every day. That we would invite you into our every single moment of every single day. That we would constantly date you, Lord. <laughs> As a daddy takes his daughter out on dates, Lord, I just pray that you would continually date us, Lord. Just keep being with us and showing us your love for us. Showing us your feeling, the feeling of your presence. And that you will, that you are always with us, that you will never leave us nor forsake us. Show us where to be intentional and how to accomplish the mighty works that you desire to, to accomplish through you, through us, your church, your people, your bride, your kingdom in this world. Lord, we do pray that you would come, that your, 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 uh, Lord, that you would come, that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we thank you, Lord. We praise you and we worship you and we, Lord, we lift up your, your name. For it is the holy name by which all people will be saved. Jesus Christ. Amen.